This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 18, The Story of BH. Hello, I am BH. <laughs> I am BP. <laughs> I'm Becky Higgins. You and are. With me. Is my friend and co-host Becky Proudfit. That's me, BP. <laughs> I don't know at which point we decided to just go by our initials, but when you get two Beckys in the same room, you kind of have to just make that work. So. Oh, for sure. And I don't know about you, but I didn't know a lot of Beckys growing up. But since oh, moving same. to Arizona, I feel like there's quite a crop of us. Really? Every last one of us delightful. Oh, obviously. I love every last one. <laughs> hey, I want to thank you for something before we dive in. Ooh, what? Thank you for rubbing off on me because I feel like the more I put effort into putting myself together <laughs> in front of a microphone when no one sees me, I really do feel more like I've got this. Like I, I'm gonna do I this. I have my lip gloss on. I have my and lip I am gloss ready going. to change the world for real. Yeah. So thanks, you rubbed off on me because that was definitely influenced from you. Oh yay! Hey, how about we hear a little bit about this week's sponsor? We all know how hard it can be to navigate our way through this crazy world and how much more confusing that can be for our kids. We're thrilled about a brand new publication, an actual print magazine that you can hold in your hands that's created, designed, and geared towards teenagers who truly want to cultivate a good life. Latter-day Teen is a beautiful new lifestyle publication for Christian teenagers created by a couple of dedicated moms who are inspired by faithful youth. The publication was conceptualized when President Russell M. Nelson encouraged youth to stand out and be a light to others and is designed to connect faithful teens in an intentional way, talk about how they are shining in their own unique ways and circumstances, and to give them more tools to cultivate an intentional Christian life every day. We each have a strong desire to raise children who serve, love, and radiate light. So this publication will serve as another valuable tool for our incredible kiddos. The magazine itself is beautifully designed, 8.5 by 11 book with a soft touch matte cover. It's meant to have a shelf life and to be read again and again. Here at BH, we are mothers of teenagers, so we're excited that we don't have to wait long for this to show up in our homes on a quarterly basis, four times a year, and the first issue will be arriving in February 2019. You can subscribe online at latterdayteen.com, and when you do, enter Becky15 at checkout to save 15% on your subscription. Also, be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Latter Day Teen Magazine. I am extra excited about today's episode because we are coming up on 10 years of BH. We sure are. 10 years of BH, baby. And you just got here. And I just got here. (laughs) And to be honest, you guys, I don't really know. I know the story-ish, but I don't know the real creation story from start to finish of BH. It's very ish for you, for sure. For sure. You know, like the super, super highlights. The super highlights. Just enough to know. Yeah. I'd be a part just, of that. I was going to say, just <laughs> enough to know that I wanted to be part of it and how to do my job. Sure. That's pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at. And honestly, with the product, until recently, I was not super duper familiar, um, which I have been becoming more and more familiar with. Which, which is really fun me... to actually watch because yes. Becky has these um, moments of epiphanies and ahas. And yeah. it's quite delightful to see somebody who is actually technically on the inside. Mm-hmm 
who still has the outside moments of, wait, what? You can do that and I can do this and this is this easy? Yeah. It's quite fun. I love our team meetings because Carrie and Wendy look at me and they're like, did you just, is this the first time <laughs> you're figuring this out? But I'm really excited because I want to hear the story. I want to hear all about how BH came to be. I know the person that can tell the story. Do you know a girl? <laughs> Perfect. I know a girl. All right. So it is um, it is kind of a fun time for two different reasons. We are coming up on 10 years of BH. I mean, we started the company in 2009. But also recently we've been in such a period of transition that mm-hmm. there have been so many questions, so many things that yeah. have come up from our community that I thought, this is just such a great time. Let's just talk about where we've been, where we're going, where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And and this really is the backstory. This is the backstory to how the whole thing has unfolded over the last 10 years. And I got to say that, um, you know, it's tempting to make this a three hour long episode. <laughs> I'm not going to torture anyone with that. But anyone who has started and run a business can probably say that they could write a book about it. There's truth to that because mm-hmm. there are so many rich experiences that happen in this journey that you sometimes don't see coming. And that's for sure the case with us. And so, yeah. um, but I am going to, I'm scaling back. I'm holding back and simplifying. I am. Because you know, episode 15 is in my head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Weeding the garden of yep. the story of BH. And my goal um, in doing this isn't just to share the information of like where we've been, but I also think that there's a lot of value to share when you hear someone else's story. And so my personal goal and my intention is as I share the highlights of this journey, the highs, the lows, and everything in between, I'm going to also focus on what I feel will add value to anyone listening, whether they themselves are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or um, whether they have a project in mind, whether it's work-related or not. But I just, I I and we, Becky and I both, and we as a team, we all just want to add value to people's lives. So right. this is not, this is just more than a story of entertainment or interest. I really want you to take away um, some valuable things. So I will be numbering because <laughs> that's what I do. Because you are BH. I just want to say quick before yeah. you start um, with some of with some of your numbers. Yes. I, um, yeah. that I really feel like this episode applies to everybody. Yes. Because like yeah. you said, whether it's work and we own a business, my husband and I and mm-hmm. uh, my brother and sister-in-law, we own a business together. But the lessons learned in that business creation really forced us to examine like who we are, totally. what we were about as human beings, what we wanted to put forth into the world, and what we felt like we were supposed to be putting forth in the world. And so this le- these lessons apply in pretty much every situation, I feel. They do. Thanks for pointing that out. And um, and they're numbered because I'm a list maker, and it just so happens that there are 10. So you listen that up. That is a nice round <laughs> number. I, I love it. I didn't even try that hard, but I just, there were 10 specific things that as I share the story and as this unfolds, there are 10 things that I'm going to choose to actually mm-hmm. point out. And I, as always, when you listen to the podcast, don't feel like you need to f- feverishly take notes. Is that the right word? Feverishly? Yeah. F- feverishly? Mm-hmm. Feverish. Feverishly? Fervently? Fervently? And feverishly. Fervently and feverishly, don't do either one of those and take notes. Okay. <laughs> don't feel like you have to take in. notes because we are going to put them in the show notes. Of course, that, that was kind always. of my point. All right. So here's how we're going to start. Yes. Becky woke up one day and said, I know, Eureka, I found it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So tell that us not at all how, how it, it all started. <laughs> I mean, I've had a few Eureka moments, but so what happened is um, back. Back before I started a company, I was with a magazine called Creating Keepsakes. And Mm -hmm. so in order to tell the story of BH, you need to at least understand 
on a high level what the Creating Keepsakes backstory is because I was with them for 12 years. I was their first creative editor and stayed with them for 12 years. And um, and that really was in the beginnings of what was the boom of the scrapbooking marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people say that we at Creating Keepsakes and me and others who were involved at that time were, were quote unquote pioneers of yeah. the industry. Even though memory keeping, this is not new. Right. This is not new of the nineties or the two thousands right. or there's there's a whole story. But I remember back then when it yeah. became like really readily available and a lot of people it just became a thing a lot of people did. That's right. Like it I remember totally, that. Yes. It was a really, really big deal. So I got in with the magazine at a really young age. I was only 19, actually, and I was a student in college. Um, David and I were married. Yep, we were babies. Story for another day. And we were attending Brigham Young University, so that's in Provo, Utah. The magazine was out of Utah, so I got in with the magazine and and rode that ride, right? Mm -hmm. And during my years with Creating Keepsakes, I ended up publishing nine books, and that all happened in my 20s. So that is a ride in and of itself. And a crazy amazing adventure that I never saw coming. And it's worth noting that we were going through a lot of um, fertility issues for most of that time. And Mm so to find this great satisfaction and fulfillment through work that I never saw coming during a time where we were struggling with being able to start our family was Mm -hmm. such a blessing. Story for another day. So in all of that work, I traveled, I taught, I did, you know, most of you kind of know a little bit about that that period of my life, I ended up getting into product development. So this was something that Creating Keepsakes decided that they wanted to try was let's develop some products and some kits and Mm -hmm. offer kind of like a kit of the month club sort of thing. Right. So I was involved on that team and I developed some products. But one of the products or the kits that I created was called Project 365. Mm -hmm. And this was born out of something that I desired to try personally, which was taking a picture a day. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to add fluff and I didn't want to spend hours on pages. I just wanted to take a picture a day and have a place to put it. Right. And so essentially what happened is I created this product and this kit that as an individual, and remember at this time I'm an employee mm-hmm. of Creating Keepsakes Magazine, I for sure promoted the heck out of it. Now this is before we had Instagram or Facebook or... This, right, it was right at the beginning yeah. probably of Facebook. Yes, I think so. Me. I'd have mm-hmm. to look up the dates, but yeah, for sure as an industry we weren't like yeah. using social media, but... Um, but I had a blog, right? I had a, I had had a blog for years, and which was a really smart thing to do, by the way. If you are ever, 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 this is not even a numbered lesson, but oh, for dear. the love, if we're talking business, if you're ever thinking about the possibility that maybe you or your child, for that matter, might one day start a company, just get the UR right now, the URL, the mm-hmm. link, the website yeah. for your 15 bucks. Just right. get it now because Reserve if you it. become a bigger deal as a brand one day and you don't already have that, trust you me, you're going to pay big That's bucks a hard lesson that we to had to learn it. with, um, yeah. not with Becky Higgins, but with Project Life. Right. So, um, but anyway, um, so that's lesson number zero. I'm going to add it in there. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I got into this development. I developed this kit and it was called Project 365 and it, it really was incredible. Now, lesson number one that I really do want to point out mm-hmm. is that because of the 12 years experience I had with creating keepsakes, I really learned how to pay attention to what I was passionate about and what my gifts and talents were and what really mattered to me. Mm-hmm. So do that. Like yeah. whether this relates to a profession or not, paid work or not, a career or not, I think it's really important that we recognize that we have all been given right. God-given talents. Like we have these in us and we have to acknowledge them, understand what they are, 
and be thankful for them and pursue them. Bless mm-hmm. other people's lives and bless our family's life because of the talents we've been given. Right. And through creating keepsakes, I was able to learn about myself. Like I'm really good at organizing memories and storytelling and curating the stuff and mm-hmm. helping other people do it. And I was also very focused on creativity. And so um, acknowledging that was really helpful to me to gain confidence in moving forward. So back to where I left off, we launched Project 365. I, as an employee, you know, being a, kind of a marketing it and being excited about it and all of that, we decided that we were going to launch it on January 1st mm-hmm. of that year. Makes sense. Okay. And when we did that, I had no idea that on the back end, things were actually not lined up on, on creating keepsakes and of mm-hmm. customer service. Oh, that's hard. Regards to that is a big things. business lesson and probably yes. a topic for another day. But that back end in the business is very, very, very important with lining up I mean, anything and... to do with logistics and customer mm-hmm. care. And how everything pulls together, super important. And the ball got dropped mm-hmm. a little bit. And there's no, there's no blame here. It's just it is what well, it is. Well, it's a like, bunch of people learning together, yes. and that's how it is when you're for sure when you're in business. But it happened, and when it happened, so picture me here. You know, January first, it's a holiday. I am stoked about launching this new product. Yeah. I'm so excited. And at the time, there were like message boards or some or comments right. on the blog, right? Yeah. There were mm-hmm. ways for me and, and uh, customers to communicate. Well, it was a, a nightmare because it was selling out fast, which is an awesome problem to have. Right. But people weren't manning the phone lines. And there were international customers on hold for so long who were not even getting. And right. I had no idea, of course, about any of that. And so the reason I share this is because... I learned that day through my tears and phone calls with people and creating keepsakes. I'm like, what is happening, right? I had no idea until that day that I cared that much about customers, first of all, Mm -hmm. right? So I really identified with another strength that I was finding is that I genuinely, legitimately care Mm -hmm. deeply about the experience that people have with the product that I have anything to do with. Right. And... And I learned that because not everybody cared the same way. And so there was an individual, a man that I got on the phone with who was a higher up person who at this point, this is after Lisa Bernson had sold the magazine to someone. So this is not Lisa. Lisa and right. I are dear friends and she was an incredible businesswoman, but it had sold and whatever. And so it had been passed on to some other, some other guy. And this guy, I remember on the phone was like, you know what? It's too bad. So sad. Like that was his attitude. Right. And oh, I'm like, you it. have got to be kidding me that you actually feel this way. There are people here. Right. Anyway, so what happened is I got on my blog Mm -hmm. and I explained to everyone without throwing anyone under the bus, I just apologized about the situation. I was very transparent. I was very honest and said, this is what's happened. This is where we've dropped the ball and we are so sorry and we're going to make this right. And this is bringing me to lesson number two that I learned very early on and before I started a company. And one of the mm-hmm. reasons I started a company was that transparency and vulnerability are important to increase loyalty. Mm-hmm. And this is not a strategy. This wasn't like, how can I get people more loyal right. to my brand? Right. I didn't even know I had a brand. I didn't right. even know I was a brand. Right. But I found huge, great value and being honest with people and being upfront and just letting them know what's up and letting them just respond back. Yeah. And they appreciated it. So yeah, things weren't perfect, but they were super grateful that we weren't just trying to shove everything right. off. The I side. know I appreciate that in customer, you know, from a customer service standpoint, we all have experiences, really customer interactions, like multiple times a day, if you think about it. For and sure. for one, as a consumer, having a I guess a more like gracious heart that when mm-hmm. someone's opening up and saying, dude, I messed up to not 
throw it in their face and be like, yeah, you did. What are you going to do? What are you going to give me for free? What are you going to, you know, I feel like this happens with teachers and students a lot is one of those interactions. But in Mm. addition, it makes you realize that that relationship that, you know, you can't start a business having it be about like, well, we're going to do this and make dollars and cents. Like that's not Mm -hmm. the organic creation of the business. That organic creation of your business was based on that feeling and that connection and that, um, that service you were providing to people, but you cared so deeply about, about how they re- not not maybe how they received it, but how how that experience was as a give and a take. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a valuable le- lesson to learn in that, and I think we all have experience with that. So through through all of that, and and I'm skipping a lot of detail, of course. I realized that I had a true legitimate solution mm-hmm. in this Project 365 product that I had developed. Um, it was so much more than a picture a day. It was so much more than just being able to slide pictures into pockets and be able to document the day-to-day. This was a system. Mm-hmm. The system was, instead of creating decorative, elaborate, creative pages and spending hours on it, you were slipping your photos in pockets. You mm-hmm. weren't using adhesive. You weren't cutting anything. You weren't embellishing. You didn't feel. You didn't have to embellish. Right. This was a solution, and I realized it. So that brings me to lesson number three, um, and this is a little bit more business related, but like you Mm -hmm. were saying earlier, Becky, it also does apply to other areas of life, but for sure in business, identify a problem and -hmm. create a solution. If you're wondering what your place is and your purpose, and you know that you want to do something and you feel driven and all of that, start with, well, what's the problem? What's Mm -hmm. my problem? What's their problem? What's our problem? And for me as a documenter, as a scrapbooker, I had problems. I had problems and it was called who the heck has time to spend hours and hours on creative layouts? It's fun. I liked it. Right. Sure, it's a great creative outlet, but are you serious? Like, I am getting yeah. so behind here. And I think that that's where the scrapbooking industry as a whole kind of, like, gained a lot of momentum and then lost people like me. Because I yes. do have, like, one to two of those creative scrapbooks. And I actually deeply enjoyed the experience of creating them. Why I moved away from it was because, one, it actually got really expensive. When you're embellishing and seeing what's possible, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's a slippery slope and it got very expensive. And, two, it also, I felt like I needed to set aside six to eight hours of time to get all the things out Mm -hmm. and to do. And my mom freaked me out because I remember I used to go to these Stampin' Up! like get-togethers where Uh we'd like stamp and (laughs) whatever. And my mom, I had my oldest Weston was probably one or very young, two yeah. maybe. And she's like, hey, I saw something on the news about a mom who was rounding the corners on her photos with the photo rounder <laughs> and her child ate it. And the whole thing just cut his intestines up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't leave this out or my baby's going to die. And that was kind of the beginning of the end with me and scrapbooking. Are you serious? I'm right serious. Now? And I was like, if my child ingests this and dies, I will feel poorly about that. And it got. It just was enough of that edge of all the other things that were kind of like not great about the experience. Oh and I was gosh. like, okay, maybe this is not for me. That's hilarious. I know. That's hilarious. I did it to save his life. <laughs> well, now we're going to come full circle and I'm going to right. get you right back where you belong. Because I'm there. Really, though, Beck, I, I am there now and I'm revisiting it and I, I'm loving it again, yeah. but in such a better way. Yeah. It's just totally different. It's evolved. And that is part of what, why this story matters. To actually anyone who cares about scrapbooking, just because this company has had such a pivotal role in the whole industry. And so backing up a little bit where I left off, what was interesting about this this whole experience is we launched a product, kind of went through that little bit of a disaster, but then it was awesome because people were like, oh, she's honest with me. I I I can trust trust her. her. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. So. Right after that, creating keepsakes, um, again, not Lisa Bernstein. I have to say that just because she's 
she's the one who started the magazine, mm-hmm. and she's the founder of that magazine, and she did an incredible job. But she did sell it, and it mm-hmm. did sell again. And you know, when it changes hands like that, and yeah. you get different ownership. You get they do the people. best they can to try to Absolutely. preserve everything, but yeah, Absolutely. can only control so much. So that context is important because right. one of those individuals who was kind of you know overseeing me or whatever was kind of reassessing my job, looking at me, going, mm-hmm. Becky, what do you care about? Like, what's important to you? What do you want to do? And I'm like, dude. Project 365 is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see how how fast that sold? Right. That That isn't about a successful sale. That's about, this is a solution for people. This people is are working. connecting with this product. People Absolutely. Are, yeah. People are doing scrapbooking again. People are telling me that they haven't scrapbooked in years, and this is the product that actually brought them back. Right. There's something to that. And basically, the response was, eh, I mean... Because it probably wasn't important to them. It wasn't. Right? It wasn't. They had other goals and other agendas, and that was fine. So that, of course, was a pivotal moment for me because I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, we do not see eye to eye here. And that's okay. Well, that's and you okay. had done the thought work to identify what you were about, what you cared about, and right. what you know what you wanted to put forth. That's right. So that's exactly what brought David and I to a crossroads um, to make that decision to start a company because he basically was looking at me from the husband role mm-hmm. going, okay, you've been working your butt off for our whole marriage. Right. Like you've been doing this thing. You're good at it. That's great. Right. But I think it's time to reassess here. You don't have to work because by this time we had been through medical school. Right. We had been through his residency training. Mm-hmm. He was now into his job. So from a financial standpoint, it wasn't like I had to work. Right. Um, we were fine and, and the babies were there now because now we had a couple at this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe all three. Sorry, crew. I can't remember. I know. I was going to say 2009. <laughs> crew was either. Crew was born. Yeah. Crew was born. Um, and so I, so we had the three kids and crew was just a baby. Our kids were little. And David was like, do you want to just be done? Like, you can just be retired. You can be done. Right. And I thought about it for about a third of a second. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, the fire was burning in me. Right. Like, burning. Like, I knew. And he knew. He knew. We talked about it It was probably a rhetorical question. And if I know David, he probably asked you that to help you identify, (laughs) in fact, no, like, what your next steps were. Yeah. Yeah. Partly that. And partly he he really wanted me to consider that as an option because he saw how stressed out sometimes the work was, right? Or Mm -hmm. was making me. So that led us to um, to the decision that we both knew in our hearts, which was to start a company. Now, this brings me to lesson number four. Okay. Pray about your work. Pray about your pursuits. Just pray. Pray about everything. Pray about all of it. Right. Right. And we were very prayerful in that decision. We didn't want to take it lightly. We didn't want to rely on ourselves. We didn't think that we had all the answers. We know that God has a plan for us. And so mm-hmm. how are we going to know if this is the right fit unless we go straight to the source and say, is this the right thing? Well, and sometimes you need that help because sometimes, I don't know, I think the message sometimes at the media is we can have it all. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that as women, as moms, as men, whatever, we really can have it all. Yeah. But you can't have it all at the same time. And things come with trade-offs. And so for us with our business, we started it and my husband was with another company. We ended up switching over to our own company to kind of essentially provide the kind of lifestyle we wanted as how much time did my husband want to be out of the home? How mm. much did he want to be traveling? How much? And we just had so much more control over it. And so I love that you said that because you have to pray about it to know what is right. You know, sometimes Absolutely. I get so ambitious with things and that's awesome, mm-hmm. but you need to pray to know what's right and, and how to the, prioritize, how to prioritize yeah. and what is for right now mm-hmm. and what is a good thing to table and what is a good thing to move forward with. And you just, you really need that, that clarity to know you can't have it all right now, but you can have it all at some point. I had a recent experience and this is before you became a part of my story in my life, but mm-hmm. where 
um, since you brought that up, this is this is really significant. And one of the most significant things I think I've ever experienced in the business, and it's something that nobody knows about, mm-hmm. and that is that um, through prayer, right. I just in the last oh last year or two, I felt in complete surety, like one hundred percent, right. God-given knowledge that I was supposed to do something specific. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because we're not doing it yet. But that was that's kind of the whole... I know what it is. <laughs> and it's really the... good. <laughs> it is really good. And man, when we do it, it's going to knock your socks off. But the point is, is I, I knew, I knew and I felt really, to me, it was revelation. I knew that I was supposed to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then so soon after that, the message was, but not yet. But hold off. Hold on. Get Just ready wait. in your heart. Yep. But hold off. And then it's not all the time. this other stuff has happened, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. All this other stuff has happened. And I feel, I feel complete confidence in knowing he knows what he's doing. Oh, for sure. As, as long as I'm still asking in prayer and still in touch with God. Aligning your will. Yes. Right? Checking always, in. Always. And so to your point, and I want to emphasize it, that is something that I have learned and that you have learned and we hope everyone learns is that when you stay in touch um, and, and you know you seek for that direction. Sometimes the answer is, yes, you can have it all, but hold on. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to focus on right now. And then maybe later you can pursue the other things. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So, all right. So here we are. We decided to start the company. It was amazing. Like the two of us, you can you imagine the pillow talk? Like, oh, I can. <laughs> I mean, it just was so fun and exciting mm-hmm. and stressful and we were sleep deprived and right. all the things. But here's what I envisioned this company was going to be. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, I don't, I, I don't want to skip over the fact that we named the company Becky Higgins because for whatever reasons that I didn't know, I always figured it's probably more than just this one product. I don't mm-hmm. know what that looks like. I don't even know if it will be. Right. But let's just be smart about it. And instead right. of narrowing down to the one thing, let's yeah. just put it my name, just like Charles Schwab or Martha Stewart or, you know, mm-hmm. all these names. Or Becky Proudfit, just saying. Or Becky Proudfit, LLC. Yeah. You know, there's just, I mean, you really should get that URL right now, by the way. <laughs> Like, don't worry. Oh, you got Taylor's it. Taylor's okay. all over it. <laughs> Good. Um, so that's just something that is also wise. It's just to make sure that you think through, like, even if you have one specific product idea, like, go bigger than that. Let let yourself feel the potential of what you just don't know might happen one day. Create bigger than what you think it may be. Yeah. Because oftentimes we are so much more capable than, than we, we think. think we are. <laughs> right? Yes. And you don't want to set a company up with a glass ceiling for yourself because that takes totally. a lot. We actually kind of did that in the beginning, and Ooh. we had to really uh, reorganize a few years in and redo a bunch of stuff. But it was a lot of that front-end work that is awesome but tedious and wonderful but awful. And we sure. kind of had to, like, go and, and redo a bunch of things because we... You didn't think maybe as big picture as you should have in the beginning? Well, I think we did not look at all the possibilities. And then, mm. to be honest, somewhere around along the line, our... Um, our goals changed, right? Oh, that and makes so sense. Yep. we didn't give ourselves quite enough growing room. Mm-hmm. So now we have more than we'll ever need. But it's better <laughs> to do it on the front end, right? Yes. Put faith in yourself and know that you're probably going to do way better than you're giving yourself credit for. I would agree with that completely. And that's why we named the company so broadly because mm-hmm. we're like, well, who knows what we'll do with this? But you know right. what? Becky Higgins is the name of the company, and we're going to call this product Project Life, which, by the way, David will forever and always take credit for that name because it was Project 365 with Creating Keepsakes. Right. But then as we were thinking about how this isn't just about a picture a day, it's just a whole system. I think a picture a day would have stressed me out just a tiny bit. Probably. It's not It's not for you. It would have been a yeah. lot of dirty laundry pictures and a lot of like... <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> we would have had a dirty laundry album there in the early 2000s. Well, that's only because we weren't friends yet because as my 
as a friend, I would guide and direct you through all of the little ways that you can document life that are way more than dirty laundry. Wow. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. That's the whole point of the yearbook, right? Oh, love it. Okay. So um, my vision was that we were going to create one product, just one kit. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like in my mind, I literally thought of this like a side hustle. Like Mm -hmm. this will just be kind of my part-time thing. Right. And I'll just develop the one kit. It'll be really cute. And then Mm -hmm. maybe next year, if we're feeling lucky, we'll do like two kits. We'll do a second kit. (laughs) We'll be like little animals. Yeah. (laughs) Knock it out of the park with two kids. Well, it just didn't stay that way. It just did not grow that way. So when you think about starting a company, and some of you listening have, so you understand understand what I'm about to say, we started from zero on just about everything. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know how to run a business. David has a medical background. I have a scrapbooking background and a mom background. Um, But Well, being a mom is kind of like being everything. Maybe not a CEO, (laughs) but a COO, the chief operations officer. It's true. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of experience that comes with that. And there was no business background. There was no, you know, so right. we didn't know what we were doing. So what did we do? We reached out to our attorney friend to help set up the LLC, which, by the way, is limited liability corporation, mm-hmm. like whatever, just a legal term. Some people were like, what's the LLC? Right. I wish that just Becky Higgins could just be all on its own. But right. shockingly, there are other Becky Higgins in the world. So well, that that's is rude. shocking. <laughs> So we reached out to the attorney friend. We reached out to my little brother because he does website design. And actually, he could help with the logo, which I kind of sketched out. And he refined right. And that was kind of cool to do that together. I reached out to a designer who I had worked with at Creating Keepsakes. So we could have somebody actually doing the graphic design. Right. that's never been my skill set. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we reached out to a family friend who had a manufacturing connection. We never got a loan, right? So mm-hmm. we didn't tap into any financial resources outside of dipping into our own savings, which again, a lot of people will relate to and go, uh-huh. Like, yeah. It, that's hard. That's hard. We we worked hard yep. and we saved money and we were really trying to be very good stewards of our finances. And all of a sudden we're like, go. Right? Oh, Business oh ownership <laughs> in the early phases is not for the faint of heart. Nope. Not you so know what much. I just realized? What? My husband created his company yeah. right before BHLLC oh, really? was created. Like around that same time? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Because I'm thinking, oh, we were totally in the upstarts of business when I was pregnant with Lucy. And I'm like, wait, wait. that's right now. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, oh, they're kind really of the fun. same. Sounds like another episode with Taylor Profit on mm-hmm. the show. Well, I mentioned that we started from zero. I want to do, I want to point out, wow, how about I can talk right? You're okay. <laughs> I want to point out that there were two things that we were not zero about. Number one. My background and my experience with memory keeping. It's mm-hmm. not like I was coming from nowhere. This was like my whole life. I've been a memory keeper. And that's important. I have important. a question for you. Yeah, tell me. I think the bigger fa- the bigger point with what you just said yeah. is there is a massive, well, correct me if I'm wrong. This is my experience. Okay. There is a massive fear component mm. when you are starting something because it is very easy to discredit and think you're starting from zero, totally. right? And it's yes. very easy to be like, okay, I was pretty good at keeping keepsakes. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? There is always that fear yep. and realizing what you have, I think is so crucial in business, but For really sure. in life. Yes. Because you're not starting, you weren't starting at ground zero and you cannot discredit that amazing skill set that you had, right? Well, and that's what that's what goes back to those earlier lessons that I was sharing, a couple of them. Like you have to tap into mm-hmm. 
um, and take credit for and understand and connect with what are you good at? Know your worth. Know your like, worth. Like, know what's but up. But that's the other thing is, like, that's why you got to pray. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – I know that sounds like just a religious belief, but, like, it just is. Like, right. that, I believe and I know that God has a plan for all of us, every single right. one of us, no matter who you are and what your walk of life is. And so you have to be in touch mm-hmm. with him who knows you better than anyone to right. go, is this my place? Is this what I should be doing? Because I think I like this. Am I good at it? Do you think I'm good at it? You know, just have that conversation with him. So I wasn't coming from zero on the background experience. And also I was not coming from zero in terms of people. Mm -hmm. I had a very loyal community of memory keepers who trusted me. Right. Because you were so open and transparent. Going back to your second tip. To this day, I don't take that for granted. To Mm -hmm. this day, I can't even believe that there are people who look to me for um, something that is so special with our pictures, our memories. Yeah. And I just never, ever want to take that for granted. So we get into the business where I'm so grateful for the loyal, um, you know, customer base and the experience, but holy crap, we don't know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> so we're scrambling to pull this off in time for the new year because at that time, Project 365 is still on the brain. So this is like, it's got to be a January start. Right. And this was... Well, and I imagine a little bit, you're like, I'm going to do the January start and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do gonna, it right. Yeah. Oh, there was a hundred percent. We didn't yeah. even dwell on that, but... I can't even explain to you the resolve I felt in my heart that, like, I know how to do this right. Mm-hmm. I may not know logistically exactly how to make things work perfectly, but I know how to care about people. Right. And so because of the care and concern, yeah. I knew it was going to be done better. So if you really feel in your heart you can do better than what you're seeing being done, that's another reason to probably pursue something. Yeah. Right? Okay. So um, so we're scrambling. Our kids are little. David, by the way, is a full-time anesthesiologist, always has been through all of this. So he never slowed down. And something else really significant happened. I'm bringing this up because the family dynamic is such a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, in our church, we have what's called callings, right? So it's basically a church assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's volunteer the, service within your church. It's volunteer service, but we call it, the, the, the lingo is calling, right? right? Like a church calling would be like a, a, a service opportunity that you are asked in which to serve in a certain capacity or with a certain group of people. It could be youth or it could be whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, like three days after David and I made the decision to start a company, mm-hmm. I was asked um, to serve in a capacity that kind of blew my mind. And the term, which I know some people know and some people don't know, so everyone's coming from a different place, is called Relief Society President. Oh, so, yikes. <laughs> so what that means in our church is that I basically had stewardship um, and uh, responsibility to look after all of the women in our congregation, mm-hmm. all of the, the ladies. Right. And no, I'm not re- responsible for their salvation. Yeah. That's not what this is about. <laughs> no, no. But my, my capacity to serve was brought into um, to being able to help all the women, all of these ladies who are doing their best to, to do their life and to oversee logistical things as well and whatever. To it's a it, big job, y'all. Yeah. That's it's a the big, point. Big, big job. And it is volunteer, mm-hmm. right? And I was asked to do this right after we decided to start the company. So why am I bringing this up? Because lesson number five, that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first things first. When we started the business and we weren't getting sleep and everything felt completely out of balance, I knew and I always knew and I always felt and I still feel this yeah. like arms up on my ha- on my wow arms hairs up on my hairs arm right now on the arms. even though I actually shave my arms and I don't have hair on my arms oh <laughs> if you had hair it would be standing up fun fact about Becky Higgins that you didn't know <laughs> she's been shaving them for years and I love it anyway um but I feel it 
through every fiber of my being still today that it is so important for us to put first things first. And I knew in my relationship with God that if I were willing to put him first, meaning mm-hmm. his children, yeah, my sisters, um, and my family, my husband, my children, and these women that I was serving, I knew I would be blessed. I right. knew it. And so, yeah, I was tired. And yeah, I was stressed. And yeah, I felt like super out of balance. But that priority was exactly what got me through. And I knew, knew, knew that it was going to be a blessing. Okay, so how did we even stay sane in all of this besides everything I've already Probably talked about? Probably a little bit you didn't. Um, Can we just say that? I Can mm, we share the other fun fact? Yeah. People don't know this about me. I don't drink caffeine there was no caffeine in my life and there still isn't i mean i'm not saying anything because (laughs) i don't even know how to process that statement (laughs) i'm not can we even without the business just the young children factor i know know. sweet i just need to like clarify that this is not a bragging point i do not bring that up well and and i think it's important to like point out this is not like a church standard either this is just a personal decision beck has made and this is a personal I decision. champion you in that decision and <laughs> sip my caffeine from the sidelines as I do so. I appreciate that. I mentioned that just because I think that some people are, like, their minds are blown mm-hmm. that caffeine it wasn't a tool to help me was survive. It the foundation like, with which no. you were built on. No, yeah. I also was dehydrated. So to my own detriment, I just wasn't <laughs> taking good care of myself anyway. Right. So that was just, you know, one thing that I decided to not put in my body. But besides that, the real answer to the question of how we stayed sane is that we hired landscapers. We hired house cleaners. Mm -hmm. We had a friend, a young friend who was between high school and and getting into her college years who Mm -hmm. helped with the kids a few times a week week for a few hours. And she would touch on the laundry and help a little bit with that. I didn't want full control. You know, I can't let go of full control of the laundry because I have my ways. And so number six, the lesson number six I want to share is be willing to get help. If you really are pursuing something right now, starting a business or taking Or if you're not. Or or if you just stinking need help, right? No, that's actually, thank you for chiming in with that, by the way. If you realize that you are just stressed out to the Mm -hmm. max, be willing and humble enough to go, you know what? I need some help. Mm -hmm. I need some help. Take an honest look at what you're doing that someone else can do to offset the burden so that you can focus on what you do best. I know what I do best. I know what I really suck at. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, every once in a while, I remind myself, okay, what am I doing that someone else can do? We've never let go, by the way, of the landscapers or the house cleaners. It saves us. No, we actually, the the company my husband worked for prior to us starting our own business as, um, kind of a perk of the job. Um, my husband was a vice president and he, they provided me house cleaners. That was like oh, one of the perks they what? gave the wives. You have a lot of women to be honest, right now. <laughs> the husband's traveled like a lot, yeah, a sure, lot. Sure. And it was just something nice that the owners did to kind of just say, Hey, we appreciate you. We know that's it's really so hard. Cool, it was actually. really cool that they thought of that. And that's something we've tried to bring into our business too, is making sure we remember, um, the people behind the people, so to speak. But same thing. We, I, I've gone through phases with house cleaners in my life, and it's important that we really. Um, we moved to Arizona, and I realized I was probably in this position again where I needed, mm-hmm. I needed some help. Mm-hmm. Not because I couldn't do it on my own, but my husband really wanted me to have at least like two days a month where I could just sit totally, there for a minute. And, totally. and it was so sweet that he thought he thought of Absolutely. me that way. But I interviewed actually quite a few because the price. You may think it's something really expensive you can't afford. Um, the price difference between house cleaners is very, very large. Mm-hmm. So the one I have and I've had for 10 years um, is actually really a lower price point, And so it's not as thorough a clean. Mm-hmm. But I love her dearly. And it's mm-hmm. a price point that I am comfortable with. 
So well, important it has to make to sense in your budget, but it also has to make sense in your soul. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely something that if you're married, you want to make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page about. And David and I definitely got on the same page about like it because in my mind, let's be honest, because you and I both grew up. Mm-hmm. back east mowing lawns oh for sure i think that the idea of mowing my own lawn is so romantic <sighs> i love it i know so you do and much. i'm a little bit jealous that you do it i'm not gonna lie but i also recognize that we were in a situation as we started the business and all this was going on that like we had to let go of things that weren't necessarily bringing us joy anyway it was just a chore that needed to get done right and so why not just let someone else do that and the other thing i wanted to say about this lesson that we're sharing about being willing to get help is You have to also remember that in some cases, it is just a season. It is just a chapter. Mm -hmm. Get over the guilt. You need to embrace that this is a part of your story and it takes a village. So let's let other people be a part of our village and our story. Isn't that the point? I mean, I have so many people around me who just love to rescue me when I'm drowning. Mm -hmm. And I love to rescue them when they're drowning. And really, that's the point. That's why we're all put together. Agree. Look for those little ways you can help somebody out which is a whole episode in and of itself Mm -hmm. as well because we could talk about that for days so we get the company off the ground it was nuts we had some manufacturing and logistical issues but i gotta say my husband he was a rock star he's a good dude he's a good one and david truly is the guy who can figure and taylor's the same way we Mm -hmm. were very 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 blessed like Mm -hmm. both of us are very very blessed um but in terms of that brain of his like david can truly figure out anything and he like Taylor also, mm-hmm. um, loves to research. And so like th- they truly enjoy it. It kind of makes me laugh. In it's fact, great. they were at my house last <laughs> week researching something until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> they sure were. And I was like, I, yeah, they, they sure just were. enjoy it. They love digging into yeah. kind of that R and D is just kind of yeah. their jam. And what was really fun is I didn't have to be involved with all of Not what they me. were researching. I went to bed. <laughs> yep, I went. I went home. I went to bed as well. But the next morning, David was excited to tell me what they had researched because it has to do with the trip coming up mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And it was just really fun. So David and his rock star brain actually figured out so many things with regards to the business that I will forever and always be all really those little cogs for. and oh my gosh, so many different and, things. Yeah. And together we managed the customer service. Together, we were, like, both of us taking turns in the inbox, and, like, I was probably doing most of it during the day, but, dude, we had, we'd had FaceTime conversations, what, when he was at the hospital, and I was at home, and baby's in the background, and what about this, and how's that going, have you heard back from him, and it was just, it was nuts. Um, there was one time that we had, this is shortly after the business got off the ground and a really good friend of ours was getting married in Mexico. It was kind of like a destination wedding in Puerto Ooh, Vallarta, fun. which was super fun. Cause that's actually where we honeymooned back oh. in 95. <gasps> and so we're like, yeah, we're going to go craziest time ever, but got the babysitters lined up, went, and you know what we did? We worked the whole dang time. And I share that story because we still had a good time. We showed up for our right. friends. We prioritized being there. We, we prioritized a trip together, mm-hmm. which so we both oh, feel that on. is an episode coming up soon yes. because we both feel very passionately about that. Yes, we sure do. And we worked poolside. We had our laptops and we were answering customer emails. So my point in that is like sometimes you just got to hustle. You just mm-hmm. got to do it. You just make the sacrifices and it's fine. It's a it chapter. Is. It is a chapter and there is no sometimes. Okay, confession. Sometimes it Ooh. irks me. Yeah. Not like in a deep to my soul thing, but when people say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, and I'm like, but you didn't see, like you meet me now and you see, I have an awesome husband who's created a company where he doesn't have to travel a ton. And that was intentional, Mm -hmm. but I'm here to tell you, um, I 
dropped out of college to work full time to Mm -hmm. pay for his college. Mm -hmm. Then we had our first baby and I worked full time up until our third baby was born to be able to handle that financial component so he could do. There is, when we started the business, and I don't know how this was for you, but Taylor and I, we didn't pay ourselves for like months. That's how that goes. You know, and that's how it is (laughs) when you're a business owner. And so it was super hard, but you're right. There is no, there's no way around it. And so if you're thinking like, oh, I'm just going to, no, it's hustle and it's hard and prepare yourself and do it because you can do it. You absolutely can do it. It's and it's a beautiful hard work, but there's no shortcuts. There are no no shortcuts. shortcuts. There's no overnight success. And if you, if you really are willing to make the sacrifice, it's got to be because you really care about what you're doing. And that's where the passion comes in. If you're not passionate and know that it's something you're supposed to be doing during that kind of beautiful, awful phase, Mm -hmm. you're going to fall out of love with your company and that can't happen. And it will just, it can destroy your relationships. Mm -hmm. It can carry into all the other areas of your life as well. So be, be careful, be careful about that. All right, so Project Life gets off the ground, it sells out, customers are thrilled. We knew that we were onto something, so we carried on with it. And as you can imagine, we launched more designs, we got more designers, we figured out how to sell it on Amazon. When I say we, I do mean David. Right. <laughs> David figured out. Dr. How to, H. And you know how he figured it out? He probably Googled how to sell products right. on Amazon. <laughs> I say that kind of half jokingly because sometimes people think, I don't know how to do this or that. There is Google. Like literally you can, you can search Google anything. how yeah. to do things. And sometimes the only difference between people that know how to do things and people that don't know how to do things is just typing that question it's in true. Google or researching the answer. It's true. And I will tell you that I am not an innate researcher. You are, Becky. Oh, I love it. You I love it. I dig right I in. I don't love it. That's not my innate desire. Um, mm-hmm. And and David's probably ruined me for that because he takes care of all of the Right, because he enjoys it so much. You, you, you really would be unkind to take away that joy from him. Exactly, right? Yeah. No, I'm such a creator like innovator, innovative thinker, big picture dreamer, that kind of person. And, and he's like the nuts and bolts and how do you actually make it happen? Right. We were definitely the right pair to make this get off the ground. Well, as you can also imagine, um, retailers quickly took notice of what we were doing and they definitely wanted to ride the project life train. Mm -hmm. So this is where things got really, really interesting. There were blessings in that. And there were also some really, really crazy experiences. So because buyers of retail, um, retail stores wanted to have the product, but because we didn't have the infrastructure to make that happen, we now entered into the season of like big companies looking at us and talking to us about, you know, getting together because they had the infrastructure. Right. And this was definitely appealing to us because, you know, I already said we were burned out. We Mm -hmm. were stressed out. We didn't know what we were doing and poor customers. They just wanted to get their hands on the product, but they You're two human beings. Yeah. I mean, for the love. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the best thing to do is find the person who does it better than anyone else on the infrastructure side yes. who you connect with and let them. For sure. So now I'm going to tell you lesson number seven before I explain it. Okay. Now, lesson number seven is pay very, very close attention to your gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want. You might call it intuition, spirit, promptings, God trying to talk to you, God trying to shake you, right? <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But let me give you two examples of what I'm talking about when I say that you've got to pay attention to your gut feelings. Example number one, during the season, we almost did a deal with a company 
that we were so close to signing that contract with. Mm -hmm. But David and I both had really uneasy feelings about it. We could not put our finger on it, but it was just something was not right. And then as we were back and forth on the contract, we were like, "Mm, this does not feel right because of this, that, and the other. And we talked about it and we were trying to wrap our heads around it. And ultimately we pulled out. Right. Because we were like, you couldn't get past the lesson I'm talking about here. We paid attention to our feelings and we're like, this isn't right. And guess what we found out as soon as we pulled out of that relationship and moved forward, Hmm. we found out that they were already knocking us off. (gasps) And this was while they were having the conversation with us. Right? Ew. I know. And so, listen, people aren't perfect. Again, I'm not not in the business of throwing anyone under the bus. I'm sharing this because I hope that it helps someone else Mm -hmm. to remember that your gut feelings actually matter. Right. And you've really got to pay attention. You Mm do. Now, let me give you an example of where we didn't. And it was around the same time we didn't pay attention to our feelings. There was someone we were doing business with at that time who wanted to be more involved than they already were. And so we entertained the idea and, again, had uneasy feelings about it. But we didn't pull out early enough. Mm-hmm. We didn't. And um, so we kind of entertained it and went back and forth. And when we finally said no, that individual pretty much flipped out and did so in a way that was completely inappropriate and unprofessional. And, and probably in a was mi- just yucky. Yeah, it was probably just Becky, bad feelings all around. It was the yuckiest experience I think of my entire life. Oh, so, no. and we won't, I'm not going to dwell actually on that story. Right. There's a point I'm bringing it up is that because of what went down, it actually resulted in a legal battle that straight up sucked the life out of us for months. It was awful. And no one's ever heard me talk about this and no one will ever hear me talk about it further. I'm just bringing it up right here, right now to tell you that if David and I had listened to our gut feelings and had we actually paid attention to what we were in our hearts feeling wasn't right, we could have spared ourselves so much heartache and so much pain, truly. And that brings me to lesson number eight. And this is one of the most important lessons I could ever, ever share in all of my life, like Mm -hmm. outside of businesses as well. When you are in the thick of a challenge, stay faithful, stay prayerful, pray for those who may be causing harm or hurt or offense, stay true to your moral values and seek for the lessons that can be learned from going through that difficulty. Like when we were in the thick of the ew, ick, ugh, Mm -hmm. the awfulness of the awfulness. Yeah. We prayed all the time and we were praying for ourselves that we would stay true and honest and Mm -hmm. we were praying for the person that was causing hurt and pain and we were praying about the whole situation and on top of that, and this is what was really important to me and what really I think makes me a happy individual is no matter what I'm going through, I recognize, I search for, I look for, I seek out the blessings. And mm-hmm. I know that you're the same way. Oh, totally. And if you listen to what's your cancer episode that we call three. it? Three. Episode three. Episode three. You'll hear more of Becky's experience with a completely different type of challenge. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it was a challenge that was, it was a business challenge that actually got really personal and really affected us in the deepest way. And it was awful, but I looked for the blessings. For example, I recognized that as awful as it was, I was going through the challenge with my husband. Right. You weren't alone. I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. We were together and we had each other and we were going through it together. This is bigger than just business. This is a, yeah. you have to approach life this way because you can focus on the good or you can focus on the bad, right? You're going to find what you are looking for. Exactly. And your brain will support whatever you, whatever you're thinking, your brain is going to look for evidence to support that. It to is support so that theory. true. If you do have a pen in your hand, write that down, mm-hmm. write that down. Cause that is, that is truth. So now I want to get out of the yucky stuff, okay? Right. I got it. It's part of the reality, so I brought it up. But let's let's go 
forward. We were climbing out of the yucky stuff. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. A little wiser. Feeling good. We got some fantastic people involved to help us move the business forward because of what they brought to the table. So, for example, business expertise, better accounting support, that sort of thing. Wendy Howe, Carrie Holt. (laughs) She wasn't there yet. (laughs) Well, actually, now see, now you're going to test my chronology knowledge. I I don't know how customer service existed before Wendy Howe. Can I well, just say that? Well, it did. And, and our first friend, who you know, actually helped us with that, Christy Bullock. Oh. So I'm, I'm mentioning her name because she actually was, like, at the time. Oh, she's she, delightful. She actually started oh, as our customer cool. support. And then she moved on to focusing on her that. own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yes, currently, as it stands, today, right now, and we hope forever and always, it is Wendy Howe behind Gorgeous all things. Gorgeous Wendy Howe. Oh, she's the best. She's the best. So anyway, at this time, we also partnered with American Crafts. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means is basically we entered into an agreement with them that they took over the manufacturing and selling it into the retail stores and stuff like that. They actually had the infrastructure for that. Mm-hmm. Major, capitalized, bold, italicized, right. underlined, blessing. Blessing, right. right? And so it's called a licensing and distribution agreement. I'm just telling you on the business side, that's what it's called, okay? Mm-hmm. So there we were. We were figuring things out. We were finally feeling like the right people were involved. Retailers are all over Project Life. We always joke that we were the pretty girl at the dance. Mm-hmm. Did you notice I say were? We were. Like, hold on. Just hold your hats. <laughs> hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna get there. So, uh, I mean, sometimes I, I'd like to think that we still are. I feel very pretty. Oh, you are very, pretty. I think our product pretty. is pretty. I think personally, <laughs> I'm attractive and you are as well. And so is Wendy and Carrie very, and Molly and all the girls. Seriously attractive team life and everything in it. <laughs> Someone once joked and asked me, they're like, is that like a requirement for hiring? Is that they have to be like really good looking? And I said, yes. They yes, did. They is. made me come in and I had to dance and sing and demonstrate. <laughs> so one by one, we're adding to the team. And we also decided it was time for a commercial office space, which you know all about. We figured out how fulfillment was going to work so that we could sell from our own online shop. Basically, we had several years of just flow. We were just yeah. doing it. Then where I'm going to fast forward is that in the last couple of years, sales have started slowing down. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Like, which by the way, guys, very normal with business. I know. I didn't know that though, Becky. And flowing. I didn't know that. And evolution. I, when I saw sales slowing down, how do you think I felt? At the moment. I would panic. If it was me, I would panic and be like, my baby is dying. Okay, so I didn't panic. I would have. So I'm not a panicky person, but I did feel a little bit crushed. I felt concern. I felt, and it wasn't about money. It was about- You put your heart into this. Oh my gosh, this was my baby. And who doesn't want their baby to flourish and thrive and grow and do good things in the world? Right. My company is a baby to me, right? Not the most important. I've got three others that are- far more important. But the baby of the company was really important, always has been. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling a little sad and crushed that this was happening and, and that I wasn't able to properly solve people's problems. I didn't know right. what the feeling was. What where the disconnect was. Right. Right. I was definitely um I was definitely like struggling a little bit with what was happening. So before that though, because we had launched so many new additions of Project Life, we started wondering are we saturating the market? Now mm-hmm. every other company was knocking us off, which at first hurt me. And then I realized there was lots of room to play in the sandbox. Like right. it's fine. They, I'm so glad that we can help bring, that we can all work on helping bring more people into the industry. It's all good. So I got right. past that, not a big deal. But then I was like, wait, are people not printing their pictures anymore? What is happening? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we, in that time also, like, let me back up a little bit. We did also launch the digital version of Project Life. And as you know, 
and love and what you learned about me before you knew me Mm -hmm. was the Project Life app, which truly was another game changer. Mm -hmm. So these great things had happened. And then because things had been slowing down, you can imagine that the buyers, the retailers, the big box retailers Mm -hmm. especially, were basically pushing me saying, innovate, you got to innovate. We need new, we need different, we need special, we need da 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 Yeah. Okay. I can't even tell you, and I can't tell you, I will tell you, tell that me. there were meetings where I was physically flushed. My skin was I can envision brightening that. in my face and tears were welling up in my eyes because I was so frustrated that they didn't understand that Project Life as it stood mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from an egotistical standpoint. I'm just saying it's a system that clearly works. It is pockets. It is cards. It's boom, done. It is bringing customers into the marketplace. It is bringing new people into the stores. What's the problem here? And what they wanted was, from a retail perspective, they want innovative. They want new. They want shiny. They want sparkly. But that was kind of the point. That makes Project Life different to me is that it wasn't the razzle-dazzle, super fancy pages. It was a simple solution for a problem, right? That's and, right. And that stands. That stands to this day. And I feel the same way. And that is why I couldn't understand that they didn't get that. Now, mm-hmm. keep in mind, I'm a pretty well-rounded, grounded person mentally, emotionally. Right. Like, I get that we don't all have to see things the same way. Mm-hmm. So we almost had to just agree to disagree because they right. wanted to push me to innovation. And I'm like, sure, I can jump on the bandwagon. I can do this, that, and the other that everybody was saying was a trend. I am not a girl of trends. That is not my heart and soul. My heart right. and soul is solutions. It is figuring out problems and offering something that actually helps people. Mm-hmm. And so lesson number nine is you have to stay true to you. You cannot let other people push you into doing something that isn't true to what you feel is your place. And that experience with big box retailers, again, not throwing anyone under the bus, but just it is what it is, is I really felt so connected with myself and being able to have my spine nice and straight to say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I will not be doing the things that you think I should be doing, and right. I will pursue what I think is important. Now, could it have benefited my business financially had I jumped on the bandwagon of doing X, Y, and Z? Right. Trendy products? Heck Probably. to the yes. Yeah. No, absolutely is the answer to that question. And I didn't, and I chose not to. I think I'm a trendy product. Yeah, you are. I winked. I'm just teasing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're here to stay. Uh, Trends come and go, girl. Listen. Listen. We all know that I got the job at Becky against by just showing up at the office <laughs> until they forgot I didn't work there. There's a secret that y'all needed to know. Just yeah. show up, apparently. <laughs> That's all it takes. And you got to be pretty. Yeah. And you got to have the lip gloss and just start showing up. So since I've, I've shared lesson nine, you know that we're getting near to the end. Yeah. <laughs> not the end. Not the end. That's not what I meant. It's not the end. <laughs> no, it's not. It's absolutely not. So, right. so yes. Slowing sales are happening. We noticed. We did focus groups. We have always tried to stay in touch with our people. Always, mm-hmm. always. Um, and not just them, but their needs. And at the end of the day, we were noticing people just were not printing their pictures at mu- as much. Mm-hmm. Not the way and that was just a trend in the, in the market. Not even necessarily with scrapbooking. That's correct. Just in life. People, were, people take more pictures now than ever before, mm-hmm. but print less. There's not a more accurate thing that has been said. Well, I mean, there's a Except lot. Except that I'm a trendy <laughs> new toy. There's <laughs> a lot of really good, accurate things that yeah. you said, actually. But that is so true. That's just the age that we're in. So, guys, if that's just what it is, then as a company, as a brand, you know what my job is? Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. It, it, and it doesn't have to be bridge making people print their pictures. But, yes, I have to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. We have to bridge the gap. We have to figure out where people's struggles are. So, guess what we're in the middle of? Hello. It is called evolution. <laughs> 
Right. We have to evolve. Mm -hmm. We have to evolve. And so I want to just back up and say that simultaneous to slowing sales, Mm -hmm. we were also very much in touch with people going, you know what we also love about BH? We love you guys. We love the team. We love your culture. We love your lifestyle. We love what you're wearing. We love what you're using. We love your hashtag BH favorites, right? Because we were mm-hmm. focusing those, um, focusing on those on social media. Right. So we launched the Home by Becky Higgins brand. And then this past year, we experimented with something that we called Good Life products, mm-hmm. right? Jewelry and handbags and things like that. Just to see. Like, we just wanted to see. So it was part like, okay, we're losing sales over here, so let's try this. But it was also us trying to be in touch with what our customers wanted from us. It was mm-hmm. all the right reasons that we did it all. So it's safe to say that <laughs> in the past year or two, I would say it's been a little rocky. Right. That's what I would say about our journey. It's been a little bit rocky. There has been some brand confusion. Um, we have worked so hard and tirelessly as a team to adapt and change and evolve and stay true to what we think that people want. And that brings me to lesson number 10. Right. If you don't evolve, you die. It's true. Feeling some recent uncertainty about all of this recently. By yeah. the way, there is a happy ending. Please don't be sad oh, right now. Oh, yes, there is. Don't even be worried <laughs> and about that. And there's no ending. Sorry, it's not even Evolution an Evolution <laughs> is not even bad. Evolution is awesome and well, healthy and great. It's all of those things, but I think also that um, it's it's important, and you mentioned this earlier, it's important to remember that this is so normal for business. Oh, for sure. So I was mm-hmm. kind of crying to a, a somebody who I trust a lot in business, not literal tears at that very moment. Because right. you know I cry the very literal tears. You have seen me at my worst. It's quite all but right. But I was struggling, right? I was having a moment of struggle. And he emailed me back and he said, all businesses must change, adapt, and reinvent themselves if they want to thrive long term. True It's that. almost like I know that, but I needed somebody to say the words for me to go, oh, oh. Okay, we're fine. Yeah. Like it's it's fine. We're evolving. We just have to keep changing. Mm-hmm. So as we sit here today, this is where we are. We are embracing what we're calling a very transitional season. We are taking a hard look at what's working, what's not working, and what needs to go, which by the way, episode mm-hmm. 15, weed the garden. Listen to it, guys. We're looking at what needs more attention. We're looking at what our customers want. And we're balancing all this out, what we believe God wants for this company to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that is because we are staying. And I say we, not just me and David. I've got a whole team, my girls, and we are praying about this. And we're really trying to make sure that we're doing the most intentional thing ever. So let me give you an example of like weeding the garden and what's going and what's staying and where we are. Because I think people want answers. Let me give you some answers. We have eliminated a huge expense of having the office. Mm-hmm. That beautiful, glorious we loved it. office it space so that we beautiful. lived in and that was a home away from home. We lived in it for four years or worked in it and we moved out. And you know why? Because we felt, we felt it. We knew it. We mm-hmm. knew that it was not only an, an, an expense to eliminate, but that it would also help us in other ways. I just read somewhere something that really like helped to solidify That's it. That's Mm -hmm. what makes sense. And I can't tell you the source because I can't remember, but it says visual noise, the activity or movement around the edges of an employee's field of vision can erode concentration and disrupt analytical thinking or creativity. Now, listen, I like to work with my best friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. We have a good time. We sure do. We do. But you know what? I said this in the stories recently, but I don't expect everyone to see the story. So I'm going to say it here. 
in my history of working, in all of my life, in all of my career, whenever I had a book to write, a class to develop, or a huge project to execute, including the development of the Project Life app, mm-hmm. it all happened at home. Every last bit of it. Right. Yes, I can get things done at the office. Yeah, I'm a freaking productive person when I really focus and I can close my door. And yes, I do love working with my friends, but oh my goodness, if we need the work to move forward, mm-hmm. and if I am an integral and important part of that, which yeah. I am just as much as you are, just as much as every girl on the team then I have got to, we have got to be better focused, right? And so not being in the office not only saves a lot of money, but I think it's going to build and strengthen our focus and our creativity and our production. And so, yes, we still get together. Yes, we still have our weekly meetings. Yes, we're, yep. we are in Becky Proudfit's closet at this very this moment. Very second. Recording this episode of the podcast yep. because we're making it work. And yep. guys, it works. It really does. I was a little bit resistant, not not to do it, but just like, oh, I wonder how that's going to be. Because right. the office, it was so beautiful to go in we and everything was ready. And, it, and yeah. I kind of was like, I wonder if it will affect my productivity because I go to the office and it's like my workplace and I yep. do the things. And you could separate it from home. Right. Yep. To be honest, though, I have really appreciated that it has put me in my home more and mm-hmm. I'm more productive because I have less transition time. I love what it's said about um the movement around the edges mm-hmm. of an employee's field of vision mm-hmm. i'm telling you what it's real it for real though mm-hmm. and it's been really nice for me to take that extra time in my home like we it. could all uh, listen i i think that a lot of people are like are you kidding me working from home would be a dream yes we know that and definitely we are feeling that right now but at first we weren't feeling that it was kind of a hard decision because we were like yeah. oh my gosh this is our home away from home and it's like our girls clubhouse it is it totally is but i'm telling you that it is it's, for all it was the, the right, right thing reasons. it was the right thing it was the right thing and there's no question about it and you cannot say no to what is the right thing so some of the things that we're weeding out we're actually taking a break uh, besides the office because i mentioned that mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge thing but we're taking a break from exhibiting at consumer shows we're going to eliminate the good life stuff, the yeah. handbags, the earrings, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that's, there's a handful of, of smaller initiatives, products, ideas, things that we dabbled with, experimented with. And we're right. like, you know what? It's not a good fit. It's in the way. It's just getting in the way of us concentrating on what we feel is the most important stuff, which you guys have validated in us, which is the Project Life app. Mm-hmm. It's solutions. It is the existing Project Life product mm-hmm. and really getting our hands back into working with that stuff and showing you guys how to use it and, and helping to market market it to people outside of you guys, our existing sphere. Right. Um, we're working through that. We're working through um, creating more classrooms. You guys love the BH They're classroom. so good. At the time of recording, we have two classes, photo tips and workflow and making a personal or family yearbook. Two phenomenal classes that are going so, so well that you guys are clearly saying to us, you want more of that? We're all over it. We have so many class ideas. I cannot wait to execute. Mm -hmm. And I can do that a whole lot better at home, by the way. Like, for real. Okay, so listen. As we wrap up, let me just tell you. I think you know this if you're listening, but we do have a lot of new people all the time. What you should know about us at BH is that we are here to serve you in our own quest, in your quest, and all of our quests to cultivate a good life and record it. We're here to exude light we have a very, very deep desire to provide products, services, and inspiration basically in all the ways. We don't feel limited. We don't right. feel like it, this is this is just not about scrapbooking, period. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. There's about It's about so many other things. And we continue to hope, and more importantly, we pray that we will add value to your life through these things that we offer. So I'm just saying buckle up and stay tuned. It's going to – it's <laughs> – it is getting even more and more excited around here. Every team meeting, it's yeah. just so, 
so great. So many good things to come. That's what I was going to say, too, is, like, there are so many good feelings that we're all feeling. Like, Mm -hmm. we know that if you, you know, as part of the community, if you don't have answers and you're like, but wait, what about this and what about that? You don't know. We understand the feelings of the unknown. But I'm telling you right now that the feeling in our hearts and our guts and our minds and everything that we're doing, we feel incredible about what's coming. Mm -hmm. And we know some of what's coming that we can't tell you yet. And there's things that we don't even know that's coming that we just feel it. We just feel whatever that is that's coming. It is coming. And it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. Shall I be done now? I think we should, but only because I think you did a really good job of telling the story. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. I've never heard that story start to finish, and and I'm very glad that I do. Well, sure glad that you're a part of the story now. That's for darn sure. Me too. Glad my tactics worked. (laughs) (laughs) She's a smart one. That's right. A strategic one. All right. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor of this episode. Speaking of cultivating a good life, we are thrilled to have this new publication, Latter Day Teens, be in our life, be in our teens' life, be on our coffee tables, be in the hands of our kids that we care so much about. So make sure you check them out and make sure that you save on that um, subscription. You can go to Latter Day Teen magazine.com or is there no it's latterdayteen.com and save 15% by entering becky15 and on that note we love you we love you and we'll, we hope you have a good day we do go take a minute and figure out what you're about just take a minute i love that think about it all right you guys be with you next week all right see Bye-bye. you later Microphones right now, sitting on a laundry basket, covered in a blanket, fuzzy blanket, fuzzy blanket, in the middle of my disorganized closet. I could do a closet makeover with you. <gasps> oh please! Oh, for That'd the be fun, love, actually. please! You talked to me a long time ago about. Um... Really, this is what our friendship has been building to is this moment <laughs> right here. <laughs> no, but you. This talk- closet is like wearing one dirty sock it makes me it just all day long I, it's just at the back of my your psyche life. and I just can't do you I remember months ago you talked so to me much. about organizing your pantry mm-hmm. no 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 yes it was the pantry no 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 that's fine oh yeah no we're not but doing, I do that no we're gonna start with your closet oh. and then it will get me excited about moving into my new closet <laughs>